Hello, and welcome to The Marvel Virgin, a podcast all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Paul, and I'm a Marvel Virgin. And my name is Kaylee, and I'm a Marvel whore. For each episode, Paul is watching a Marvel movie or TV series for the very first time, and with my help, we'll be delving into the good and not-so-good aspects of the MCU, and navigating the secrets and intricacies of this big and complex universe. If you'd like to send in any questions, comments, factoids, or even if you'd like to correct anything we've said, after all, we're not perfect, then you can tweet us at the Marvel Virgin. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy the show. So we start to say goodbye to various Netflix series. We're into the, the Netflix cull phase, I guess Very, what people would call it. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? A lot of people have theories that they'll come back in some guise or another via mm. Disney, but it depends. It's hard when Disney is so much more family friendly and Netflix so very much is not. <laughs> no, yeah, but they've got Star now on Disney Plus, which is the adult section, isn't it? You say adult section, it's got it's got like aliens and that's about it. It's still I mean, got that's quite... how they bill it to me whenever they're like, this is coming to start. It's the adult section. So it's got like that only murders in the building show and stuff like that. Uh, but it's got all like the sort of Saturday night stuff you, you want to watch, like um like Independence Day and Air Force One and stuff like that. Like you want to watch that with your family. Yeah. You know people die in it. Exactly, but, but it, it is darker than normal Marvel. True, true. It is. Yeah. Agents of Shield wouldn't belong on stuff. No, no, because no one, there's no blood in Agents of Shields. There's no bruising no. or anything. No, they just get hit and go, ugh. It's like when, what was I reading the other day that was like, oh, the biggest, most annoying trope in a film or TV show is where someone gets shot in the shoulder, but it's like, it's not a life threatening injury. They're just like, oh, it's fine. They just get mm. up again. <laughs> You're like, but that would be really bad. We talked about that when we watched The Punisher and how characters will get like shot four times, but they just keep getting back up and like, ugh, ugh, and just carry on fighting. Yeah, and I get that they're superheroes, but the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are not. And I feel like they're meant to be more normal human beings. But we have talked about how in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. they get they got so many punches are thrown at them, but they never even get a scratch or anything. And the hair is always perfect, like immaculate. And there's, no one sweats. No one sweats. Um, no one's clothes get ripped. Um, whereas I was thinking with Luke Cage, he gets shot so many times, obviously, because he can't die from that. But yeah. like the amount of clothes he must get through, because in the next <laughs> scenes, that same hoodie is back, but there's no holes in it. So he must either be really good at sewing or he just has like you open up his closet and it's just like the same hoodie multiple times. That's a very good point. Or the hoodie regenerates every night. <laughs> it's it's like, a magic hoodie. It re-knits itself. It's like... No one needs to know. <laughs> like Penelope's tapestry, it's like mm. redo. Oh no, that's the opposite. She burns it, but still, you know what I mean. The vice versa of that, yeah. The, the opposite version of that. That was a weird connection that I just made there. <laughs> it's better. I had no connection. I was like, it's just the magic jumper. It's a magic, yeah, magic hoodie. That was the alternative title, actually, for Luke Cage. It was Magic the, Hoodie. Uh, the Magic Hoodie. Yeah. It's an Enid Blyton title, that, isn't it? Sounds the Magic Hoodie. As if she blended with Jacqueline Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do we think you... of Luke Cage, season two? I, mean, I, I quite liked it. It wasn't as, as strong as Jessica Jones season two. But, I mean, I still think Luke Cage is pretty good. It... My feeling is that, like... I feel a bit of almost ambivalence. Is that the right word for it? 
Well, I don't know. It depends if that's how you feel. Are you feeling no, right, like you don't true, care? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me double check that. I, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Are you ambivalent or are you not? I think it was a bit slow to start, but I think that's a It was, you know what? I thought it was really slow in but general. That is just how Netflix is. It always takes a while for a show to kick off and then it's like, ooh. Yes, I do mean ambivalent, having mixed feelings about something. Because no, I liked aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I remember really liking the first series because it had a more it had a a very distinctive tone to it. Mm. Um, and they really worked hard to give it its own voice when compared to Daredevil and Jessica Jones. And mm. then that was kind of the mistake they made with Iron Fist is that they didn't give it a voice at all. Um yeah. where and I I felt like with season two, it's it has the good features of season one, but it was a bit more of the same. Like, yeah. Well, you want to hear something that I find interesting, but mm-hmm. maybe you won't. This is me as a critic. Um, 85% rating from critics on Rotten Tomatoes, but 68% from the audience. Really? Okay. Which is, I know it's not a huge difference, but it is quite significantly different. In my yeah. Opinion. Like it's more like mid-tier for, your, your, I don't know, your average viewer. <laughs> and for the, t- for the critics, it's like top tier. I guess people are watching it for different reasons. When you're a critic, you're watching it for like, I'm going to review this. And you're not really reviewing it for your enjoyment, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And it it kind of, it, uh, the next season of a show needs to kind of take the concept and then take it a step further. Like Dead to Me. Have you ever watched that? No, I've not watched that. Is it good? Oh my God, you would love it. It's so your kind of thing. You should watch that after you've watched it. Okay, <laughs> right. I'll be on yeah. it. Dead to Me. I'll put that yeah. on the list. It's on um, but they, yeah, they got to take it a step forward and develop it a little bit, but keeping that the elements of it that you want to keep familiar. But I don't <laughs> think it really did that. It was like one again, themes of sort of gang warfare mm-hmm. and poverty did that in season one. Mm-hmm. There's Mariah is constantly after power and money did mm-hmm. that in season one. Um, there's a the sort of themes of uh, black people in Harlem struggling to get out of the cycle of poverty and crime and mm. not really try, try having a difficult relationship with the police as a result of all that did that in season one yeah. um and various people get killed did that in season one it and it also it, a lot of it centered around the ownership of the club did that in season one it was you know i didn't I feel like they took mean. it anywhere yeah i know what you mean it, i i in my head i think they thought they were going to have like more you know rather than just the ending now and I guess the tricky thing is with the Netflix shows is I sometimes wonder if people are releasing series in the idea that maybe some people will be coming to it fresh like having not w- watched the first mm. season because sometimes people will be like oh this is trending what is this Luke Cage season two and they'll just jump on yeah like, when, when it's the world of streaming but I had some fun goofy bits like I enjoyed that they had a sex scene to the song Night Nurse Yes, that was, that was yeah. fun. I enjoy and, it when it was a bit funny and on the nose. And they refer to her as night nurse more more frequently as well, um, yeah. which I thought was quite fun. Yeah, yeah. So they were like, "Oh, they figured it out. They can have a night nurse now." <laughs> um, I liked I liked the main villain. I liked Bushmaster. Um, yeah, I, and I thought Black Mariah. And Mariah, yeah, like both of them are really like interesting villains. Um, 
Alfred Woodward is having a whale of a time in it. She's like, she's basically chewing the scenery throughout the yeah. whole thing. Not <laughs> really some... strong performances from people. Yeah, definitely. It's like it's a it's a well acted piece. Um, I just struggled with like again. It it was it felt like season one, but on repeat again. It was it it didn't. Whereas thinking of Daredevil season two, which I personally think is superior to season one, is that they took it a bit further because they kind of explored him struggling between being a vigilante and being a lawyer at the same time and juggling all of that mm. but they brought other characters into it as well and they also had uh, sort of dual villains with the punisher and the hand jessica jones i think season one was better but season two still explored it a bit further by bringing her family into it she's got a sort of arch rival of the private detective which is quite fun and yeah. um and a love interest as well so and there's stuff like that. Whereas Luke Cage in season two of Luke Cage, I didn't feel like it had anything to develop it further. I think it's a bit of a shame that both Jessica Jones and Luke Cage had the sort of like a difficult relationship with a parent uh, trope. Mm. Um, it was it was almost a bit too samey. I don't know if it would have mm. been maybe Luke Cage would have felt more like ooh if it came first or almost you know whatever. And I guess the the thing is with his character is he's very stoic and this is going to be like the same thing you have with Captain America where you're like he's such a square <laughs> he Whereas... is constantly good there's no sort of um there's no dilemma in him is there maybe sometimes mm -hmm. there is in terms of what's best to do but the dilemma is usually in the society around him or in other characters yeah I guess his flaw this season he got a bit arrogant he's like oh no one can burn me no one can shoot me and you're like shh don't do that because they will come for you and they will do that as no one said pride comes before a fall in this apparently no one's pipe ever down. taught him this at school <laughs> it's just like pipe down they're gonna come um that's his only flaw really and i think that's the similar like for you because you really don't you prefer catch america now he's a bit more like beardy and on the run but when he was originally He's more, he's not as neat now, therefore it's obvious that he is not as perfect. Yes. <laughs> Visually speaking. Yeah, perfect characters we don't seem to like very much. We prefer our Shades of Grey and Jessica Jones is obviously very flawed. Um, Daredevil, similar vibe. I mean, I know he's a lawyer and he's pretty good, but he also makes a lot of questionable decisions. And, he... and he, he's got that sort of um, inner moral dilemma, like they've touched on sort of... Uh, mm. Um, unifying his need for justice with being a strong Catholic um, yeah. and having that sort of religion and reality, the reality of life, like sometimes mm. connecting and sometimes not connecting. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, Luke Cage doesn't have that, but we do get it in a lot of the side characters. Like Misty's always very interesting because I like that she is still dealing with the fact that her 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 police partner in the first series turned out to be corrupt and she had no idea and she actually genuinely liked him he was a friend mm -hmm. they worked together a long time but she had no idea of all of this so that means she's dealing with that but also her colleagues sometimes make snide remarks about it i feel i feel like she was just way more interesting in uh throughout it but she got lots of screen time so that was good um and obviously mariah is quite enjoyable but that, like yeah, she's chewing up the scenery, sometimes overacting, I thought a little bit, but still like it was kind of fun. It put in that bit of like campiness, which I thought. That's what you want in the villain though, really, isn't it? Like you want someone who's a bit like pantomime-y almost. Mm. Yeah, or very yeah. theatrical. Like my favorite villains are always super like Hades in Hercules and stuff yes. like that. Yeah, yeah. 
and I enjoyed this sort of dysfunctional relationship she had with Shades as well. Mm. Um, but again, I did feel like he was a bit. They could have they could have made him a bit more interesting in in his sort of just struggling to decide whether he should be allied to her or whether she's going too far. I I don't know whether mm. I don't know. It just he wasn't as interesting as he could be. But she was. It, she was. I don't. I, it's hard to put my finger on what could have been done to elevate it a bit more but uh yeah you've come at this again like we said this with agents and shows you've come at this again from like the very high of marvel infinity war Mm. you've had to sort of slow it back down again so you're probably chomping at the bit for something a bit more up here (laughs) yeah is it a reminder that not everything can be as brilliant as infinity war (laughs) yeah and it is a very different pace like the netflix shows are such a different beast almost yeah yeah and usually i like that i like i like dipping between the disney ones and the netflix ones because you know by the end of 13 episodes of netflix you're like okay i need something a little bit more exciting now and then by the end of a disney one you're like okay i need something a little bit more human now um so that variety is quite nice Um, yeah it's a buffet of marvel it is yeah there was a little bit of tick boxing with the characters like Claire or slash Night Nurse suddenly leaves after three episodes and I didn't really get her purpose in any of it I mean did the actress just want to leave or what it was it was like she was there and all of a sudden she's not and I don't think they fully explored the reasons why she leaves because it is essentially because he's getting a little bit big for his boots he's gonna there's a sort of streak of arrogance and then he gets super super aggressive with her mm-hmm. like and which so it's understandable why she would break up with him but i don't know i i, I felt like she was just so she's been so underused in in defenders she, i felt she was and in iron fist as well it's like they didn't really know what to do with her so they just sort of gave up after three episodes of luke cage and went oh, no more I mean, I wonder if she's got like a contractual situation where she has to be in so many episodes for each of the series maybe so maybe it's like they only get her for free yeah (laughs) (laughs) whatever could you hear that baby crying by the way on your yeah I did (laughs) okay just checking it's not mine (laughs) I was gonna say I was like that did you just give birth and not tell me (laughs) surprise no a baby like things picked up out of the car and they whacked its head on the boot as they just (laughs) <laughs> oh baby. like oh no um but i imagine it's easily done so oh was... god it'll be fine yeah. yeah they have soft heads and i thought like colleen and danny be having their episodes in it also was danny's danny rands especially was very like cheesy american spin-off show mm. like oh hi it's me again from the other show and it was yeah it was so clunky that bit especially and I was like why have you bothered to have him in this was there something in um the contracts here that said he had to be or I don't I think because in the comics aren't they they're they're a little duo but I'm like we don't want him here (laughs) (laughs) we don't need him ouch (laughs) I don't know he just does I don't I'm Danny Random you know how I feel about Danny he's not terrible but he, he ain't good so it doesn't quite get the reaction they want is it it's not you want when someone comes in you've got to be excited about it but it's the reaction's a bit more like oh great yeah it'd be like a cameo from a subject that everyone's sort of forgotten who they are yeah it didn't have as much of a flow maybe that's the way to put it i think so yeah yeah yeah. and not as much to be excited about as in but not a bad series like it's it's not there's it's not that there's anything bad about it. It's just nothing that 
pushed the whole concept of Luke Cage further. Yeah, it's always that they rushed it. I know, obviously, they had to because of all the stuff going on with Disney. But I feel like if they'd had more time to think about what they wanted to do and write and... Possibly. Maybe they were... Because there's a a real onslaught of Netflix series in this period. So I guess they're trying to, like, get through it. But, I mean, Mm -hmm. they would have had separate teams of writers and producers anyway. Not producers so much, but writers and directors. But maybe the deadlines were very, very tight for them. It um, seems like it with Netflix because it's always like next year the next series will be out even if it's something quite an intense show like mm. pretty sure they've been filming Bridgerton the minute Bridgerton landed they were like Bridgerton season two go 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 oh god yeah they were like we need to get this out by Christmas right now yeah. <laughs> because that's when people want the period drama of the sexiness we need exactly it exactly um because they even bring his father into it but I didn't feel like they did anything with him like I have barely any notes on him I'm like what purpose did this guy serve exactly that's, that's what I was saying to you that I just think it's a big old trope, isn't it? Like, oh, mm. the, the flawed relationship with the parent of the superhero. Mm. And I just, I don't think they did it very well. Whereas with Jessica Jones, like, eh, it's still familiar waters, but it felt more interesting. It was more, it made way more interesting because it was the yeah. whole crux of the story. And it was, there was a lot of layers to it. But yeah, it was, it felt like a sort of tick box. Okay, let's bring a family member in. But it's like, well, maybe, think maybe about why. humanise him. Maybe because we don't, he is so like, like we say, he is so good. <laughs> He's so good. Mm. And it's like, no one can be as good as, well, apart from him being an arrogant little shite. <laughs> but you need yeah. something to sort of tether him almost and make him feel like a real person. Possibly, possibly. The series does end with that potential to mm. explore the darker side of Luke Cage. So for now, we will never know that, but uh, what that darker side is. But I guess if if Disney have, wants to pick it up, hello, Disney, if you want to pick it up, then... Yeah. <laughs> maybe they will, but then again, maybe they won't. Maybe they should. Maybe won't they won't. But you know, he was one of the original Avengers. You think they'd bring him in? Was he? He's in the Avengers. Yeah, he's oh. in um the Pulse series. He's oh. he's definitely one of the Avengers. They're they all, all in the Avengers together. at some point. Well, well, Jessica isn't, but they all team like because he is an Avenger. They all team up to get her to Doctor Strange when she's due to give birth and stuff. You know, it's like a. Why did they get him? Get her to Doctor Strange. Super babies. I don't know why. (laughs) He he has to be involved. They have um I think Captain Marvel was Jessica Jones's best friend in the comics, but they have Tris in um in the series. But yeah, so Captain Marvel's there and they're like, oh, tell her what happened to you. And she's like, no, no, she doesn't need to hear this now. And they're like, tell her. And she's like, Oh, I, I gave birth to um to a person and they grew into a fully grown man and then they kidnapped me and raped me and kept me in like a right state of planetary prison for for years so they they have to be aware that there can be strange things that happen with super babies (laughs) and that's why that's why they take her to Doctor Strange they have way more meetings with the the midwife if you're a superhero who's pregnant (laughs) it's hourly (laughs) like oh my god and I think they grow faster as well the antenatal classes are mental Is your baby on fire? It may be that they have powers. So don't worry too much. But then again, maybe not. Maybe they're just on fire. Yeah. So we have water on hand, but not too much water. <laughs> I mean, they should do a spin-off of antenatal classes for superheroes, because now I kind of want to watch. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the, the, the midwives of superheroes. Call yeah. the midwife superhero version. They could use that. That would be a good way for them to bring that show back in a new way. <laughs> <laughs> And you've got Vanessa Redgrave doing her little <laughs> spiel in the background, being like, About love. <laughs> love is like a mountain. You never know if you're going to reach the top 
but it's always worth it in the end. That's and also exactly. the baby's on fire. <laughs> that was actually, it felt like a real quote from the midwife. That was good. I've never watched a full episode, but I used to catch the end of it before Line of Duty. And the end, um, I, was, I was just like, what is this trite crap? This makes Downton Abbey look like bloody Shakespeare. Oh, no, I prefer Call the Midwife. It's very dramatic. It's like a social history of women's health. <laughs> I mean, it is based on truth, let's face it. So Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. Shall we pick apart some plot? Go on, then. This. Um, so, as with uh, Jessica Jones, uh, Luke Cage is now famous on the streets of Harlem after the events of the Defenders. Hmm. Um, and as with Jessica Jones, he's sort of, sort of liking it, sort of not liking it. But he's got his little um, sidekick guy who works in the barber shop, and he does all the merchandising. He was good. I think they should have used him a bit more for some comic relief. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Netflix does need that little bit of humor. That's what is missing. Mm, it is a bit, but. He was still good. It was it, it was quite fun how I like the idea of him creating an app where people can um, track where Luke Cage is. So every, and everyone knows. But, but then he uses the app himself in order to get traction. I thought that yeah. was very funny. Um, and I think some some writer at Netflix is probably like, this is what the Gen Zers are doing right now. It felt very like, I mean, you haven't watched it yet. The Boys. I think I've mm-hmm. talked to you about the boys before. And that's all about superheroes in like quite a commercialized world. So they have branding mm-hmm. and they have like appearances they have to do and they have costumes that are made for them and they have endorsements and stuff. It's a lot of fun because they're all horrible people, but they have superpowers and it is it is a much more realistic way of depicting it because and I think that's what MCU is so fun and why going back to the first Iron Man film, where at the end he's like, screw it, yeah, I'm Iron Man. Yeah. Um, and I think because before then you associate I've always associated superheroes with the Spider-Man trilogy where it's all about him hiding his identity and X-Men where they're all hiding in that great big massive mansion that nobody seems to notice. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, and they, they have room for all of them there, apparently. Um, and uh, so it's, it is refreshing to have superheroes who are being chased around by PR people who are like, can you sell this car for me? And that sort of thing. And then Luke Cage then has to deal with that, um, which is quite fun. And I like that even when he's walking around the streets, people will like extras will stop and look at him and that you can see them in the background, like making comment on him and stuff. Um, He's very easily identifiable. It's like, you know, certain mm. celebrities you see in public and they just look, they don't blend. I saw Helena Bonham Carter once and she was just dressed like, how you'd imagine her to be dressed. <laughs> I imagine her just having cobwebs in her hair, but it's a fashion choice. It's a big hair, the tiny glasses. And I was like, oh, that person looks just like Helena Bonham Carter. And you're like, oh, it is. And she's like, and it's certain parts of London where you can just stand and you'll see like, I saw Jude Law and Common Garden. Oh, really? And Baron Cohen. And they're all like, just very easy. Like, oh, they're famous. Mm. But you have some people who just sort of, I don't know, blend a little bit more. Mm. Like Ian Hislop just gets coffee and no one bothers him. Yeah, that's a dream <laughs> to get paid that money but not get bothered. <laughs> yeah, but Luke Cage is a similar thing that he's you would not be able to not notice him. You'd probably look at him even if you didn't know to look mm. for Luke Cage because he's very tall and broad. And you go, oh, <laughs> I mean, I did a very cooing ooh, but I'm sure. Like, but they do. They have they have lots of women looking at him like 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 really liking the look of him and stuff and. Mm. um which I guess, I mean, if you're a superhero, you could look any any old way, but people will be like, well, he's kind of hot, like, you know, um, which people, which I guess celebrities get, isn't it? Even if they're not like that attractive, they'll still get someone being like, well, you know, there's kind of something about them. I'm like, mm, the dollar signs help. Yeah. The money, yeah, the money. 
Yeah, you know Lucy Liu directed the first episode. Of- I saw. I was like, nice. Yeah. yeah. I was reading an I was reading an article and someone was like, elementary is Lucy Liu. And I was like, really? That's how we that's how we refer to her now. I was like, <laughs> elementary is no, like no. <laughs> like uh, I I associate it more with Kill Bill or Ally McBeal. Um, just anything, just Lucy Lou on her own. Does she even need to be a <laughs> the, the planet Earth's Lucy Lou? <laughs> yes, done. No one else. There's no Have you seen the, the old French and Saunders sketches whenever they bring in Patsy Kenzie and they go, Patsy Kenzie, everyone? There's like a little round of applause, and it's Patsy Kenzie like, hello, and she comes into like <laughs> random sketches every now and then. I I do that with Lucy Lou. I'd be like, Lucy Lou, everyone, from yeah. from her career. <laughs> her life. We love her. She's amazing. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously the app isn't always a good thing. Like I know it's it's great for positive. It helps, it helps his enemies to track him down when yeah. he doesn't want to be tracked. Well, I mean, where, when would he ever want to be tracked down by his enemies? But like in those many, many circumstances where he does not want to be tracked down by his enemies, they can use the app to help. It's them. weird that they didn't consider that when they made it. As a, no, as a but then it's made by this sort of, you know, impetuous youth. Who um, is looking to make money, and he's 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 a nice guy, but obviously doesn't think things through. He sometimes like presents T-shirts with slogans and stuff, and sometimes it's a bit insensitive. But they they they're all kind of like, oh, you know, that impetuous youth, roll eyes. <laughs> I think they should have just made some Luke Cage filters for Snapchat and Instagram instead. <laughs> That's what I would have made. <laughs> he should be marketing hoodies with bullet holes in them. Yeah, but self healing. just need that technology damn it (laughs) um the the pretty much the storyline of the whole thing is that so mariah as we know took over the club having Mm -hmm. killed uh ali can't remember his character name um but she did that in the last season what was his character name which snake was he Mm -hmm. i'll look it up um anyway him you can fill the gap with some sort of she pushed him through the window and then bashed his head in with a pole and it was really cool but also horrifying um so she's in charge of the club she's in charge of her whole kind of empire and she's also her and shades are shagging um cotton mouth that was it i was thinking like copperhead but no that's never kill bill reference it's a snake (laughs) yeah (laughs) She's a lot more ruthless in this. I guess she's going to be slightly damaged from having killed Cottonmouth, mm. but she does she does burn a man alive. Yeah, you kind of see it as, as a slippery slope. Once you've killed, where's the line? There yeah. is no line anymore. You've crossed it. You may as well just carry on. Exactly. That um she also she has that um because she's still got her hand in politics as well. Um, so she's doing stuff that is seemingly good, but is all sort of tied into mm-hmm. her various nefarious business dealings as well. She has this personal assistant, which I thought was quite an interesting character. They don't use him much, but he only works for her on the politics side of things. And she deliberately, she says things like, I don't want you involved in this. You leave now. Come back to me. No, she's very nice to him. But she still has him killed as well uh, mm-hmm. towards the end. And very even Luke Cage is like, I thought she liked him. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a fun trope having the like evil politician. I know mm. it's been done lots of times, but um I'm re-watching Buffy at the moment, they have it in that like the mayor is super evil and mm-hmm. he's very like, I'm a lovely mayor. And he'll have his people around him, but yeah, similar vibe, but like, he'll push them away and he has like his demons who come and help him and so on and so forth. <laughs> It's good. I mean, this is kind good. of the equivalent is that she's got this double life of like, she does the pol- political side of things, but then through the club, she does lots of sort of dealings with other 
um, uh, other heads of gangs, drug <laughs> warlords and things like that, of many, many people who have come in and out of prison by the looks you, of things. You probably would have to compartmentalise if you were trying to yes <laughs> to rule to rule effectively and be evil exactly um but she also she and shades want to retire and get away and they're trying to arrange their money in such a way that they can basically take million million millions of dollars and just like bugger off leave new york never think about it again which seems fair i think mm-hmm. after what she's been through i would want to do that i'd be like and if i stay here too long i'm probably gonna die she probably had horribly tahiti plans and she's like i want in on that mm. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, however, however, someone's come along who's going to scupper all this, and his name is Bushmaster. And he <laughs> is Jamaican. Um, I think it's hard to say Bushmaster without laughing, though. Bushmaster. I never thought of that. <laughs> it's, such a, it's such an unfortunate name. It sounds like it's something you'd buy from Gillette. I, 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 I when you said that I immediately thought of like bushmaster like control your bush yes control it it's rubbish it's out of control shave it down with my it is, if Gillette were to go really crude then yeah they would sell the bushmaster the I mean, bushmaster 3000 <laughs> yeah I mean when we had I mean they're the king of interesting villain names I think Luke Cage yeah I think so yeah they're always sort of one name one nickname and it su- suggests suggests an animal like a wild animal of some it's always kind. very on the nose as well like cotton mouth bushmaster you're like okay yeah, <laughs> yeah i get you and then mariah in the comic books is black mariah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> self-explanatory really <laughs> it's just it's that one that's black mariah right there she gets referred to as that at one point in this series doesn't she mm, i noticed she does. that and she doesn't seem to like it, I seem to recall. She's a bit sort of, what? <laughs> I wouldn't like it either. It'd be such a weird addition to you. It'd be like someone calling you White Paul. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a bit odd, isn't it? It's um, yeah. as well, as as distinctive from what Mariah? Like, mm. is, there be, is there a blue Mariah or what? Like, it's, yeah, it doesn't make it, sense. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's something that people would do in school. Yeah, yeah. But mean, like if someone was like, oh... I can't think of a slur. People used to say gay. Well, you might have like slur. Dave and Fat Dave. Yeah, thank you. I was yeah. like, because in my school, everyone was just like, oh, gay. So there was always like, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the vibe. Glasses Kaylee. That would have been me. <laughs> Glasses Kaylee. Doesn't have the same <laughs> ring to it, does it? It doesn't really, no. Loser <laughs> Kaylee. Whatever they want. <laughs> um, and yeah, so he Bushmaster is Jamaican. He's come over from Jamaica. Um, he's got friends in New York, and his whole plan is to kind of overthrow Mariah um, mm. and take over as the ultimate gang gang king of Harlem. I suppose I can't remember the exact words he uses. Um, he has a history with Mariah's grandmother, who mm. was super super ruthless. He's uh, like a bad history. Like she killed his family or something i seem to recall there was a flashback mm. at one point um so he's he's got it in for mariah basically um and he also has the same kind of defensive abilities as luke um he it's it's hard to knock him down um did they ever explain why didn't he have that weird vaccination or whatever it was is it from that <laughs> this this is where I, I was struggling with the series is that it's it wasn't as engaging so it's just not as memorable i suppose i'm only going to write down notes that i recall 
I'm sure. I'm sure. Maybe this is not. Maybe I'm it probably not. is brought out. It must be. They can't have just I left. I thought he out. had like a free. Va- like there were loads of kids given his free vaccination. He was the only one who lived. So I just assumed that the two things. Were oh, connected. that does ring a bell. Yeah, but that might be. But that might be not connected at all. So I don't know. It's just a. That's just the anti-vax message of Luke Cage. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. You could die. And if you don't <laughs> die, you'll be evil. Yeah, or have five G in your head. Dun dun dun. Um. <laughs> But he's also uh, a faster fighter. So it, it means that this is, I quite liked him. He was the only part of it that I thought they'd elevated season two a little bit more in that he's location now up against someone who is just as strong as he is. Hmm. Whereas in the last series, he's more finding his feet. There was the there was the main villain, but then he had a suit that gave him those powers. Whereas this guy doesn't need, Bushmaster doesn't need a suit. He is I do just... like it when they have a super villain who's the, the same. Like, oh, like Black Panther, we really enjoyed... Mm. because they were both on an equal playing field yeah and they both have they they both have similar but also different upbringings and they we were talking about how they both have the same they both want the same ends but they have different means and it's the that duality is always really fun to especially in in superheroes where it's very much hero villain Mm. that is that does make it more fun and more tense i guess because then you're like how on earth can he possibly defeat this person who's just like him yeah i bet they ant-man right at the end of ant-man they both had the suit and they were both flying around in their little lunchbox. It's a similar vibe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but more fun. <laughs> more fun, yeah, definitely more fun. But I think it's good to have that. Otherwise, it's like, where's the jeopardy? I'm not enjoying this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, we also, so yeah, there's there's now, throughout the series, it's basically Mariah versus Bushmaster and Luke Cage kind of gets caught up in that, basically. Mm. Um, uh, Mariah in her guys as politician also seeks out her daughter tilda Hmm. um and in order to and she's pretending to tilda that she wants to you know create a connection again they've kind of become estranged but really the ultimate she just wants her daughter there to make mariah look good as like she's like i'm a mother as well but like a pretty shit mother like bridget jones's yes (laughs) (laughs) exactly the same as bridget jones's mom well, she uses Bridget when she wants to become elected, doesn't she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I mean, I guess it draws attention to how all politicians do it, especially in America, where they they want their politicians to be good, wholesome, white Christian family men. You know, mm-hmm. um, they must have a very stable marriage and stuff like jo- Donald Trump really went for Joe Biden over his son which was so insensitive and gross mm. that he did that. But it is trying to create that image that the Bidens are a dysfunctional family and the Trumps yeah. apparently are not. I know. It's like, really? Because I don't think we want to look too closely at yours. Should we dissect the Trump family? Should we dissect your father and your relationship? And Oh, what about that brother as well? That had Your some first issues? marriage. Is that fine? Are we allowed yeah. To that? First two marriages, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But she she was quite kind of an interesting character. Like she had these sort of slightly changing, uncertain alliances to different people. Like at first she was with her mum, but then she realised what her mum was up to. She helps Luke Cage, she helps Bushmaster for various reasons. And she's kind of like floating around them, but also being used by them. Mm. And she's very good at creating um, herbs and potions things. She's a homeopath, basically, who can create thing, create herbs and potions that help with healing. And Bushmaster uses her for that quite a lot. 
even but she's also a doctor so she's a medical doctor but she's gone into homeopathy she'd be a good uh druid in a dnd campaign she would be a druid be. yeah yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you want her on your dnd campaign team i guess don't you you do you're like you, you know things and you are very good at poultices and you all that heal life. healing potions that's what we want keep healing me <laughs> i also really enjoyed the way she kills her mother at the end um mm. and i was like oh you you um Oh, who does it? What's the name of the character who does it in Game of Thrones? Because she kisses Mariah on the lips. The moment mm. she did that, I was like, she's poisoned her. She's poisoned her. I've seen Game of Thrones. I've seen oh, who was it who kissed on the lips? Isn't it? The, it's not the sand people. It's one it? of the. It's the sand. One of it's like the head sand. The mum. The mum. Yeah, the mum. Yeah. Mummy sand. The mummy sand sister. Yeah. <laughs> <don't> <laughs> play, she's played by Indira Varma, and um, and yeah, she kisses Marcella, and then Marcella yeah. dies um, out on the ship. Um, it was very that almost stolen, I would say, but like I don't care, it's still good. Maybe it's a traditional thing with the kissing and the. It's a very it's it's oh I, I kind of like it because it's so ominous, isn't it? Because it's like, mm. and that's it, the literal kiss of death. But it was so uh, it was so obvious what she'd done, I think, because it was that they'd fallen out. Like by this point, Mariah's in prison. Her daughter mm. hates her. Her daughter's fed up with being used, and so she then kisses her on the lips i'm like why would you ever do that if, if i if we ever enter that situation you kiss me on the lips i'll be like oh shit man i'm gonna die I in a few hours. my peach child if she ever comes near my lips i'll be like no no <laughs> <laughs> stay on that side of the table <laughs> wipe your lips first <laughs> put that blow dart away <laughs> um and like we said shades also has these kind of changing alliances as well he's um, he's in a sort of a, a relationship with Mariah, but as it goes on, he also has this friend who's a bodyguard of Mariah. And um, I didn't get until much, much later that it were like homoerotic undertones between them. Did you see this? No, I didn't pick up on that. But so there's a whole conversation between them when they're waiting in Luke Cage's uh, barbershop, and they were sort of there's a long, long scene, and it was really boring. So I didn't really concentrate that much on it. But there were like they sort of reminiscing because they sort of they're youthful friends. This guy then went to prison, came back out again, works for Mariah. But this guy doesn't like Mariah. He's always questioning her. And then she doesn't like him as a result. But because he's friends with Shades, Shades is kind of like torn between the two of them. But when Shades eventually kills him because he's a police informer, mm. um, there is a whole like dying scene where I I got the impression there was some more more than friendship shall we say ah, bit of an Achilles Patroclus kind of vibe going on in there I like how people can watch the same show and pick up very different things maybe maybe I maybe there wasn't and I was just like maybe I was just looking for something a bit more interesting at that point <laughs> maybe, no I'm sure it was there I was like what was I watching I've been re-watching some Downton Abbey just because it's on so has Doug yeah yeah and um I was like you know what I think Mr Bates is a murderer and a psychopath and that's my interpretation of him <laughs> i know that we're supposed to believe that he's not but, this but i think you were looking for that because that was at the point in downton abbey where things were just completely everyone's on autopilot nothing really happens in any episode um, every episode from in the every episode let's be fair yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no at that point it's just from episode one but, but you I still watch it because that's british tradition to watch it and yeah um, I've been picking out like on and off because I was like I'm intrigued I can't remember very much of it and I was like he's a psychopath <laughs> yeah so, 
Yeah. He's going to murder Mrs. Bates. (laughs) And he did. (laughs) And he did. Allegedly not, but they just proved that he he might not have done. They didn't prove that he didn't. Mm. But yeah, I swear, I can't remember what it was. I just wrote down the homo undertones on my lip, on my uh, um, notes here. And I swear there is something, there is some kind of conversation that suggests there is a bit of a, a bit of a thing between them but I, I and I kind of wondered whether they could have gone a bit more explicit with that yeah personally. and people like me like I didn't even realize that uh, <laughs> to spell it out for you <laughs> yeah I didn't even realize Colin Firth's character was gay in Mamma Mia until he literally snogged that guy at the end of the film it went way over my head I was like what <laughs> oh I forgot that bit too oh that's yeah. news to me <laughs> I'm sorry spoiler for you if oh. you how fun um yeah no sometimes i i well even like with with any kind of couple to be honest unless it's pretty i just assume people were having friendly banter like we do <laughs> well it might have been maybe i'm just misinterpreting but like uh yeah no i think I you're know. right I'm just, i feel I'm like shades agree. would have been more a more interesting character because in, i was quite bored by him i was like mm. i see where this is going a mile off right now um and there's not he's not really doing much other than just kind of you know looking a bit annoyed every now and then (laughs) that was it it in script just said look annoyed just look annoyed with sunglasses on so um so I thought that would have made him just a bit more interesting um and yeah that's the the things just this is the thing it it just it's just a a a gang war between Mariah and Bushmaster that Luke Cage gets caught up in and it just kind Mm -hmm. of ambles through 13 episodes and then by the end Mariah's been killed by her daughter Bushmaster's dead and Luke manages Mariah has left the club to Luke in the end and he takes over the club and it does these hints of him becoming more aggressive and ruthless because suddenly he's not dressed in the hoodie he's dressed in the suit and he's standing at the big window just like Cottonmouth used and Mariah used to do as well um and I suppose that's there's that sort of vague link between that and his aggression towards Claire at the beginning of the season but it because that had happened so many episodes ago, it's a bit of a tenuous mm. connection. And then it just kind of ends there. And so I think a third season would have more promise because you could really explore the possibility of Luke becoming more villainous or more of an anti-hero, maybe. Mm. But they, they've they taken a whole season to get there and therefore wasted that time because then they got cancelled. Well, it, it would be such a shame as well if he did become more anti-hero. I think because because mm. of what he represents for a lot of people, like quite he was quite a big deal for a lot of people because he was the first black superhero. Yeah, it would be a shame if the first black superhero became the villain mm. of his own series. So, if you were writing season three, you wouldn't go that route, would you? I think you would maybe have him. Cons- I don't know. Considering it, I don't. I don't know. Mm. I think you'd want to have him actively choosing to veer away from that. They could go with the route of um because Luke Cage has often dealt with how people living in poverty and also uh black people being mistreated by society you then create this sort of cycle of um crime and poverty that is difficult and how it's very very difficult to get out of that if you're born into it because you feel you you kind of this is where Mariah is is such an interesting character because you get flashbacks with her grandmother 
And the messages her grandmother are giving her is like, the only way you can survive is to kill and to commit crimes and to deal in drugs. That's all you can possibly do. You can't go mm-hmm. to college. You can't do this. You can't do that. When actually she can. And I think it would be interesting if Luke then starts to find himself falling into that cycle as well, even though he th- maybe he thinks he isn't or something, and maybe he could have a bit of redemption from it after that. That could possibly be quite a good storyline. Yeah, I saw Candyman over there. The Is weekend. it good? I actually really liked it, yeah. I want to watch it's, it. It's not jumpy scary. It's not a fun horror. It's more like a slow, thoughtful horror. Um, but mm. the whole the whole thing of it, which I hadn't, I hadn't seen the original Candyman, so I now kind of want to go back and watch it, mm. is kind of how we, well, white society and, you know, society in general creates villains out of black men. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess it would be interesting to see, like, do you remember we talked about this before, like with season one, they had people assuming that Luke Cage was evil mm. based on just the way he is, the way he looks. He's a big, big guy, mm. he's wearing a hoodie, like people are making snap decisions about him. And yeah. I think that would be, like, if he had more of that, people pushing him to becoming villainous because of the way they react to him, that'd be mm. more interesting than him just becoming a villain. So you'd explore the idea of it being like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you're constantly giving the message that this person's villain they kind of do become a villain because they'll become so sort of bitter and angry about it or something yes yeah, like or even if it was just like you could see lots of different events from different people's perspectives mm, yeah That'd be quite interesting because like from that was something else they did in Candyman. they had like a, a memory of an event and I don't want to spoil it for you if you're going to go watch it. But the mm. memory was like, oh, this happened and this person was the bad person. But then and other people remembered it completely differently. Like these people were the bad people. In, yeah, yeah. That is, that's always really interesting in any yeah. storyline. There's a very famous Japanese film I watched recently called Rashomon. Um, and it's about uh, the, the basically um, a samurai gets murdered and his wife gets raped um, by uh, this wandering hermit guy. And then they interview various people who were either witnesses or encountered the crime and the um the story is different Mm. each time so there's like four different people but the story changes depending on who the person is speaking and stuff so by the end you're not quite sure exactly what's happened um you're not quite sure who the victim or the perpetrator is because sometimes Mm. the woman plots with the criminal the killer and sometimes Mm. she's the victim and some and stuff like that and um they yeah i think have putting that into a story like Luke Cage can really show society's different perspectives around yeah, and like our ingrained prejudices and mm. I think that would be more interesting for me especially considering he is the first black superhero because he mm. came before Black Panther it would be such a shame just to have him be like and oh, no I'm evil because of my arrogance because so many superheroes before have had that arrogant issue you know yeah like, yeah Look at Iron Man. He is the most arrogant man in the world. <laughs> he gets yeah. away with it. Um, and even in Harry Potter, when Harry Potter's like, I am the chosen one, though, he gets a bit arrogant. He mm. he doesn't become a villain. So I feel like everyone else gets this chance of having the arrogance and overcoming it. it yeah. Would be better. I think that would be better. Cool. That's my uh, I, I, We'll type this all up. We'll send this to Disney. And I'm sure they'll get back to us within three to five working days. I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's how I think it works. Obviously, some better writers would be involved rather than me just... They don't get that much post from prospective writers, do they? Nah, not them. Netflix, sure. But Disney, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what would I give it? Um, I guess maybe a three. It's 
it's passable entertainment. It's just nothing, nothing amazing. You know, I was I was watching it whilst also doing other things at the same time, and I could still follow the plot relatively well. Well, that's a that's a plus, I guess. But yeah. isn't that the, that's the uh, that's the the thing now? People want TV they can have on in the background. Look at Emily in Paris. It's just yeah. People, the way we make TV and the way we consume TV now is so different. I think it has impacted how. But when a series demands me that I put everything down. Like when I watch Line of Duty, I can't possibly be doing anything else. I need to focus on this. I just, I'm like, I need to know exactly what's happening. I'm just that yeah. addicted to it. And Game of Thrones had this, Walking Dead has this, for me personally, anyway. Yeah. Um, season two of Daredevil, season one of Jessica Jones had this. And Infinity War <laughs> freaking had this. And so yeah. when something is able to do that um, and drag you away from your phone, where let's face it, we're all addicted to, um, that shows like, really good stuff I, no, I, I completely agree with you I prefer a show that demands my attention and I always mm. try really hard not to have my phone out when I'm watching tv anyway or mm. just when I'm in conversations with people but but then it's, it's true what you say in that people do sometimes want something just to have on in the background like when Doug yeah. works from especially working from home um when Doug works from home which is now all the time um he's been working his way through friends or superstore or Downton Abbey in fact because you can just have that uh, as a background thing whilst he's doing actual work yeah um, and it's just like a nice bit of background noise that replaces the background noise you might get in an office which I guess not many people are in the office still at the moment no well that was I spoke to a psychologist about this actually and apparently mm. it is positive if you're if you're doing it for that reason but it, you have to really work hard to make sure it doesn't impact your concentration and how you mm. engage with things normally because if you're if you're training yourself to treat TV as background, you will forever like it'll just become your behavior pattern. So mm. you'll you'll sit down to watch a show and your phone will immediately come out, or you'll feel like you have to be doing something else at the same time. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. So you need to practice. You need to practice at watching TV properly. <laughs> but I do think, yeah, I think a lot of people that I know, particularly, like they will watch shows because they want something on in the background. And I wonder if maybe that is where certain shows are losing their way a little bit, or dividing audiences and critics possibly interesting i went deep there didn't i we did go deep you went very deep that was very deep we'll um we might revisit that theme as we go through other other episodes in the yeah future. and films i guess and films yeah exactly and films as well that's the thing because um like i don't like going to the cinema really unless oh. it's a film i know that i'm going to want to watch every scene of because I prefer watching at home because if it is a bit boring, but we've just got it on, I can just like quickly do a few things on my phone, like get back to those WhatsApp messages. But me and Chris know someone who they always have their phone out when they're watching films and they often watch it in two parts. So they'll pause okay. it and go to bed and they never enjoy films. They always give them like, oh, I think it was about one star, two star. But mm. the films they've given like five stars to are the few films they've seen in the cinema. And I wonder if it's because it's changed the way they've because you, you're forced to watch it no matter what because you can't yeah and you also anything. feed off other people's energy when you're watching mm. something like i find if you watch a film with someone who's not enjoying it and you can actively tell they're not enjoying it it drags your enjoyment down a little bit because you're like yeah. oh i mean you're not having a great time and now i feel like i'm impacting your happiness yeah <laughs> by yeah so if you're watching something like i remember when i went to get out at the cinema everyone was like cheering and 
mm. getting really it was it was such a nice buzz same with all the marvel films and you oh, enjoyed when, it so much yeah more. when we went to see 1917 at the cinema and there mm. people were like <gasps> like that at various points in it because it's so intense sometimes yeah uh, but that is one you need to see on the big screen i think i think t- cinema now you go see it for a film that needs to be seen on the big screen whereas there are a lot of films i want to see but I don't want to pay the ticket to see it on a big screen. I'd rather wait for it to come on a streaming service and then just watch well, it then. I don't know how I feel. I just like the experience of cinema. Like I went yeah. to see, like I say, Candyman at the weekend. Mm. I don't know. When I when I see films in the cinema, I'm more likely to be like, oh, I really enjoyed that. Mm. Apart from when I saw the Nolan Batman films, because I remember the air conditioning was broken. It was the hottest day of the year, and I just hated every moment. It's <laughs> not, not the fault of the film, though, is it? It's not, but you know, when you're like, I'm so uncomfortable and I just can't concentrate. This is the longest film in the world. <laughs> so, that I mean, you might have thought that even with aircon, to be fair. I probably would have, yeah. So <laughs> I just think it's such a nice experience mm. watching, you get something more from it watching a film with a group of people that you don't know than watching a movie on your own at home where, like you say, like, oh, if I'm bored, I can potter off and make a tea or pop to the toilet or look at my phone. Like, I love that when you get cinema, your phone goes away. How often does that really happen in people's lives nowadays? That is very true. Very true, yeah. You speak wisely. Ah, thank you. I try, (laughs) yeah. Would you like to find out which Marvel Netflix character you are through just five questions? I've actually never wanted anything more, Paul. No, no, I knew it. I knew it. I could see it in your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's just five questions and it reveals your Marvel Netflix character. I haven't actually tried out myself yet. So, um, yes, we'll see what this ha- what happens here. <laughs> so what is your favourite colour? And the options are red, brown, green, yellow, pink, blue, purple, I think that's turquoise and black. Hmm, today I'm thinking turquoise looks quite soothing. Turquoise? Yeah, I wouldn't normally pick it, you know, but out of those colours, that's the oh, one I want. Interesting. Okay. Who picks brown as their favourite colour? Some people must like brown. This is like when someone asked Victoria Beckham her favourite flavour and she said salt. It's like, no. Salt. It's <laughs> not a thing. <laughs> What is your favourite Marvel Cinematic Universe movie? And the options are Ant-Man, Age of Ultron, Civil War, The Winter Soldier, Iron Man, Iron Man 3, Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, or Thor The Dark World. I'll try and hold them up. Ant-Man. Oh, Ant-Man. Okay. <laughs> Out of those ones, I'm going to pick Ant-Man. Fine. <laughs> now, what's your favourite non-MCU film? And here's... They're, they're like superhero films that are not MCU. So... Uh, okay. Uh, X-Men, Days of Future Past, Blade, Logan, Spider-Man 2, Deadpool, X-Men Apocalypse, X-Men 2, X-Men First Class, or the first Spider-Man? I'm going to go Deadpool. Deadpool. You like Deadpool. I thought you might choose that one. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, which book would you choose to read out of these ones? we got Great Gatsby. Here? No, okay. I was like, superhero books? <laughs> no, not superhero books. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, some of them. I mean, one of them is Casino Royale. Okay. Kind of a superhero. Um, Great Gatsby, Casino Royale, Fault in Our Stars, The Hobbit, Fifty Shades of Grey, Moby Dick, To Kill a Mockingbird, Lord of the Flies, or The Picture of Dorian Gray? The Hobbit. Obviously. <laughs> I'm so unbrand all the time. <laughs> uh, okay, song. Uh, pick a song that you'd sing your heart out to. I will survive. Galway mm. girl. Can't stop the feeling. Bohemian Rhapsody. Hey Jude. Two become one. 
Single Ladies, Hello by Adele, or Let It Go. I mean, I would sing the hell out of a lot of those, to be honest. I know, right? Yeah, that's a hard one. There's some karaoke bangers right there. Jeez. (laughs) Um, I mean, uh, which one is the most fun to sing? What would you pick? I'd probably go I Will Survive. It is a fun one, isn't it? I think it's got the most fun lyrics to it. I mean, Let It Go is obviously a classic. Bohemian Rhapsody is a classic. I do love the Galway Girl. It's the wrong Spice Girl song for a sing your heart. I know it's, it's a bit of an odd Spice Girl song to choose, but okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I want. I will survive as well. I was. I think because that's the one I would bow out in the car, very dramatically. Oh my God! You are the Punisher. What? I'm saying not the Punisher. <laughs> It doesn't give any kind of explanation. It just no. says the Punisher. <laughs> I would not be the Punisher. That's such a lie. That's like my the opposite. You're like the least punishy Punisher ever. <laughs> I know. I'm always like, guys, forgiveness is a gift for you, not for them. That's the advice I give the most to people. <laughs> I'm getting punished. <laughs> you're more Luke Cage. You're like, you know, you know, you're sort of more about peace and love rather than yeah, <laughs> and arrogance. You know, that's me. yeah, and a bit a little bit of arrogance. Yeah. Okay, let me do mine. Okay, favourite colour, I'm going to go red. Uh, MCU film Avengers. Mm. Non-MCU film Spider-Man 2. Ooh. I do very much like Spider-Man 2. More than Uh, Spider-Man 1. Yes, but Spider-Man 1 is still good. Which book? Ooh. I'm going to go Picture of Dorian Gray. You know, I guessed you would pick Picture of Dorian Gray when you met them the first time. I don't know mm, why. I just had that vibe. (laughs) It fits me, doesn't it? Ooh, now, do I pick I Will Survive or do I pick Adele's Hello? Hello. That is a good one. I'm going to go with I Will Survive as well. I Will Survive. I got Daredevil. What? I am Daredevil. Look, I have the receipt right there. With a little gif and everything. Oh, well, I don't agree with the test. And I also think... (laughs) It should give you a reason why. It should give you some. It blur. should give an explanation for what I don't. I don't get it. Like your favorite color book, MCU film, and song. I'm not. I don't really get the calculations here. But let's. We'll go with that. I can see how Deadpool would lead to you getting the Punisher to be honest, because he's very like he just yeah. kind of kills without thought. I guess and the violence as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. But I picked it because I like the love story. No, I didn't really. I picked it because I found it quite funny. That was. <laughs> And that was the mood I was in right now. I do also like Blade. But I know you like Deadpool a lot. You've you've talk, told me before, not on the podcast, but like in in our in times when we are just friends rather than colleagues. We just you know <laughs> we're just living our lives. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I'm not going to hide that. So good news, we have a film next. <gasps> Stop it! Film, 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 Is and it it's Ant Man and the Wasp. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, joy. That would be great. So we will we will talk about that. You will do the quiz. Yes, one, I will. Happily. There will actually be trivia to do in this one. Yeah, and you know what? I might throw in a random personality quiz of my own at the end. <gasps> oh my goodness. There's so many surprises in store for us on our next episode. Yay! You've been listening to an episode of The Marvel Version. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can tweet us at The Marvel Version. We hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll tune into the next fact filled episode.